When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm your host, Nostrack, and joined every Tuesday and Thursday by my main man, Donnie Drew, and we're still live here at St. Vincent College. Donnie's got his college solo cup because... You know, we partying. I got to say, it felt real weird to do the Manscaped ad read yesterday. But after I told a couple of people, you know, like it's just some of those things that you only get to live one time. And I'm glad that I got to experience possibly being arrested on a college campus. That feels good. Day two, quarterback obviously still took all the headlines. But on top of that, a fight happened. You got to love a good old fight. Uh, some rookies making some big plays. And a little bit of a little bit of everything else. I am soaking wet. It poured on us for about 10 minutes, and the trobe brain apparently doesn't care about raincoats, goes right through raincoats. So you gotta love that. But it cleared up. It's a beautiful day here at St. Vincent College. How you feel, my friend? I'm great. Yeah, uh, back here on the West Coast, at least here in Phoenix. Uh 81 degrees, super humid. Uh so we're just waiting on a little bit of rain here. Um, almost put a jacket on, bro. It, it, if it got below 80, I'd have to. A jacket would probably be uh, necessary in about 35 degrees in Pennsylvania. So um, I have to say, again, jealous of you. But it is what it is. As Josh Roundtree walks by, I, I told everybody that they have to now jump in on these podcasts because Alan, Chris, and Nick did it yesterday. Um, Alan Sanders set the bar super high for everybody else, not only like content-wise, but just like – like what's the word we're looking for uh like photo bomb wise too i guess yeah definitely photo bomb wise now just to give everybody a, a play-by-play of what's happening here chris carter is sprinting across the parking lot this is fun this is fun to watch i wish i could show everybody <laughs> but let's talk some training camp pittsburgh steelers quarterback battle still in the thick of things i think today we saw a little clearer that maybe all the times we talked about Mason Rudolph being the number two was right. And that's kind of hard to say for me, especially because I'm still really nervous that I'm going to have to buy and wear a jersey. But he looks like the most consistent guy out on the field. Kenny Pickett struggled. I mean, he ended the day yesterday with an interception, started it today with an interception. You don't love that. And then Mitchell Trubisky, Clearly looks like the starter, but I would say right now the competition is much closer between Mitch and Mason than it is Mitch and Kenny. Least surprising thing I've heard all day, like a, a rookie quarterback and going into the training camp, no matter who it is, basically, I think I can count on hand, um, you know, maybe like five guys in the last 20 years who have showed up to training camp and on day one, everybody's like, okay, 
for sure. You know, like they, like they, they can start the season <laughs> yeah. tomorrow, and this guy will lead us to a winning record. Um, it's going to take some time, and I, I, I think you at least hope a little bit that like Kenny's able to kind of take his bumps and bruises early and kind of get an understanding that like the NFL is not college football. Like th- this is a completely different world that Kenny's stepping himself into. And from my understanding, um, the rain played a little bit of factor in today's practice. Correct? Yeah, it definitely did. So downpoured crazy for about 20 minutes before practice and then you clearly saw that it was affecting guys but i think those gloves make me nervous and i don't think i was nervous about the gloves until i saw kenny under throw a couple of balls early and i would say i blame that on the rain i'm gonna pull josh in here real quick mm-hmm. to get am i allowed to bomb this <laughs> this is why you love latrobe i'm allowed to, to photo bomb or josh Roundtree, we can't see because of the sun but we're in here uh yeah it's better that way anyways kenny pickett's gloves you worried about him with the rain today did, that, no, did no. you think about that at uh, all no i mean what i was worried about is that he threw a pick at the end of practice yesterday yeah and then threw a pick to start practice today um jeff hathorne's gonna bomb this too in his car or just gonna run into <laughs> us i don't know um <clears throat> This is, the, race. this is the fun of the trope. Yeah, I, I think we're just all going to bomb each other's podcasts and video things that we do constantly. Um, no, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't notice too much. No, about like the the gloves portion of it. But I mean, look, it was I mean, it was pouring for a while today. Like the, the weather was really bad. Um, I don't know that anybody threw the ball particularly well no. out there in it. I mean, I, you know, I thought Trubisky didn't look great. I, I didn't think Rudolph looked great. And I think you know, we're two days in. I don't think anybody's looked particularly awesome no, so no. far. But, I mean, you hope that at some point here somebody starts to put a little bit more good tape out there, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. Do you think Mason – how close do you believe Mason is to actually having a shot as the starter? Uh, I don't think that he has a shot to be the starter. I think he has a shot to be the number two. Okay. I, I think I think that if if he keeps playing at the level that he's playing at right now, Pickett plays at the level that he's playing at right now and Trubisky's where he is, then I think Trubisky will start. Even though Mason might have a better camp, I think that, that Trubisky will still start because simply I mean they just have more invested financially at least in Trubisky than than anybody else. So I think that they'll start him, but I do think that they'll if it continues this way. And again, we're two days in. So like, let's not make any sweeping declarations yet, but if, if we're, you know, in two weeks, if we're still talking about these guys, kind of their trajectory being the same way, then I I think they'll go with Mitch first and and Mason second, unless somebody sees Mason and they're like, Hey, we want to give you a third round pick for the guy then, which I don't think is going to happen. But (laughs) if somebody says that, then, uh, then they they could find a trade partner, but if there's not a good trade partner out there, then I think they just hold on to him and they feel pretty comfortable about the fact that they have a, you know, a solid backup. Maybe not great, maybe not even that good, but at least a guy that knows the system and can maybe step in and at least keep you competitive. Maybe more than Pickett can right now, but there's a lot to be determined there. Yeah, that's a lot going on, but I do agree with that. Uh, before I let you go yeah, home yeah, yeah. here, no, I got all the time in the world. No, it's yeah, not, yeah, not a long drive or anything. <laughs> You guys got Bob Pompiani to uh, to to bomb your uh, podcast. Who you know? I think well, Bob's number one. Who's number two? If you could have anybody bomb a podcast, Kabali probably just for like oh, okay. the sheer antics of it. Yeah, like, we could just make fun of him for his busted Achilles. <laughs> um, 
that would be a good one. Pomp was a pretty big one. It wasn't Pomp's really as big as it gets. Yeah, I mean, we were turning the corner over here. We were actually walking and talking and doing our podcast. Uh, we're, we're, we just do audio podcasts because we're not. We don't have all this fancy setup. Uh, but uh, we were just turning the corner, and here came Pomp. He had a whole new outfit that he was changing into <laughs> for the night because I, he's probably going to some sort of country club dinner or something. I don't know. Yeah, the guys, yeah, yeah. The guy lives in a different stratosphere than, yeah, than it's not what, the rest of us. We do, but uh, yeah, that was a pretty good one to have, and. Uh, yeah, I think I would maybe go Kabali second as far as the <clears throat> the assembled media uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers, just because uh, I, he, I think it'd be a good time. Yeah, he's Kabali. Yeah, it'd be fun. What you about you? What, who's who's the who's the prime guest? Oh, I don't know. Kabali's up there. Besides me, I mean, I would say Jeff's Jeff Hawthorne might be up there. Oh, okay. Um, I had Allen. I had Allen. Donnie just said Nick Fairbaugh. I would say. We, we had Alan, Nick, and Chris Carter on here yesterday. That was a pretty good one. Um, I don't know. I, I, Kaboli's a good one. You get, you could get a lot of good stuff with Kaboli. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. There's a lot of good choices up here. Yeah, no doubt. It's a good time. Yeah. So Brooke Pryor, too. I would oh, yeah. Right. I would definitely toss yeah. Brooke in there. Yeah. No doubt. But All right. Maybe Steely McBeam. I don't know. Oh, Steely McBeam be a good one. But... Or Mike uh, Tomlin. So, all right. <laughs> all right. No. I'll let you drive. This is a nice car you have. Yeah. They're paying you well, apparently. Yeah, this thank is, you. This is nice. You're doing well for this yourself. This is the YouTube. Yeah, this is the <laughs> side. They're doing all, all sorts of good things for you. I'm going to go get in my car. It's not as nice. I'm going to make the very short hour and... 48 minute drive or whatever it is back to Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. it's nice All and right. smooth. Nothing but roads. But. Yeah, I love it. All right. Enjoy All right. the rest of uh, your time together, everybody. Thanks for listening to me. <laughs> uh, I'll see you later. <laughs> that was Josh Rontree. Everybody go check him out. 93.7. We could get we could get Bob Pompiani that could come on here as well. I'm loving the trope. If, honest, if we're being honest, I think I have to do every podcast from the back of my car just to see who we could get on here. I think that's the new goal for training camp for the next two weeks. We can get everybody. I think, dude, who, who can't we get at this point? I mean, it that's feels what like I'm summer camp up there for you guys. That's what it feels like. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I have a feeling Pond's going to drive by right here. <laughs> that's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. That's a good solid four to start off with. Did we hear that one at least? No, no. Yeah. We, we heard him loud and clear compared to the other guys yesterday. Okay, love it. Got to love it. All right, let's talk quarterback. Just like you said, Josh, like he said, you know, he wasn't too concerned about the gloves. I don't know. Like, wouldn't that just add up? Rain, gloves, under-throwing the football. Right? Like, if you if you had a math equation on worries for a quarterback, I feel that would be a pretty good one. For sure. Um, and everybody during the draft process, too, made a big deal about him wearing the gloves, and especially whenever it rains. The other side of the argument was, look, like Kenny's played in Pittsburgh the last few years. Like if anybody knows what it's like to play in Pittsburgh, it's going to be Kenny Pickett. Um, but dude, like I, I don't want to make a big deal out of it because like it is just super early in training camp. We're only like a couple of days in. Um, but on the other hand, like you saw it firsthand too it can become a real issue. And like what happens, you know, a little bit down the season, whenever it is piss pouring rain, the Steelers yep. need to put together a drive where they need to like mount a comeback or do this or do that. Um, what's going to happen whenever it's downpouring raining and Ken needs to make a couple of plays. But that's like I saying. said, dude, we're, we're, we're a couple days in training camp. We've barely seen yeah. Kenny Pickett throw a ball Two rotating 
corps of like receivers and offensive linemen and all that good stuff too. So like he really doesn't have like an established like repertoire with a lot of these guys quite yet. So I, I do definitely want to pump the brakes on pretty much anything overreacting um, and any kind of like calling shots from day three of training camp. No doubt. Shout out Snoopy McQueen. First off, incredible oh, name. Geez. Yeah. Incredible name. We appreciate you. We love you. Toss all your questions out here, people, because we love them. Um, all right. The rest of what happened today at training camp, because I agree with you, it's way too early to start bagging on quarterbacks. You know, I'm a little nervous to talk to Mason still. I won't lie to you. We talked to Mason in a scrum yesterday, and I kind of, like, stood off to the side because I was like, I know you hear what I say. Like, I know for a fact Benny that Snell you're out here. Benny Snell I talked to today. He was He was cool. Like, I just needed a quote from him, and, you know, he understood that. I think me and Benny might be on better better terms now. Mason I, sure. Mason and me haven't addressed it yet because, you know, he's got to stay professional. He's in a b- pretty big quarterback competition. Oh, for sure. You, but, like, you, can, you know, at some point he, he's going to lose that job, and he might try to strangle me. And, like, I can't even it, blame it, him. Is it just, like, an inkling that, like, he listens to the show? Or, or like, yeah. do you know, like, for fact that, like, he No, sure I haven't heard for said, fact. But I, okay. like, just, like, the looks, you know? Like, when you're, like, like give him a head nod and you just – looks at you and keeps walking you're like oh that's you heard something you heard me say something bad um but you know I, I i will be the first one to admit that i think right now mason i agree with both you guys is just like consistency is key in the nfl level and he is for sure. as consistent as they and come for, if, for if you're guys. the steelers really quick before we move on to the first fight of training camp um, how much do you need out of your quarterbacks, right? Like if, if you're going to, again, utilize Najee Harris as much as you did last year, obviously you have an improved receiving core. Hopefully you have an improved offensive line. Um, you have a yep. defense, which is hopefully taking a step up from last year, which is already a pretty good defense as it was, at least in terms of, um, you know, getting to the quarterback and not in terms of like run stopping. Um, how much do you need Mason Rudolph to do? Like if he's in the game, like you, you don't need him to ball out and throw for like three touchdowns to 400 yards, right? Like you just need him not to turn the ball over. No, I agree with that. I think that the Steelers are set up no matter who their quarterback is. It's not a quarterback to come in here and win them 10 games. It's a quarterback to come in here and not win them 10, 10 games or not lose them 10 games. That's what they're looking for. They want this to be a Najee Harris offense that wins through the defense. Don't turn the ball over those kind of quarterbacks Steelers freak I agree with you that's what they're here to do I think Mason could do that but what concerns me and like I get it it's a whole new team it's a whole new season you had the worst offensive line in football last year a lot of injuries Mason to me has never proven that he could do that that's what concerns Mm -hmm. me you tie the Lions and to me that's a quarterback that isn't gonna not lose you a game it's a quarterback that's gonna tie the Lions and that's you know that's worse than some people's opinions that's way worse I'd rather lose the game rather lose the game than to tie the Lions and I just that's where my bar is for Mason that's what I that's my expectation for him is just you haven't proven that you can't lose games you know, because you very seldomly won them. And that just, you know, that concerns me. That that being said, though, 2019 was a totally different team. And I think he did show us early in the season that year that at times he could be that guy. It's just about, can he still be that guy? That was three years ago. That's a long time to him for him to, you know, still be the same guy and possibly get better. 
but I agree with you. I agree. You know, the Steelers team is this is not built to build around a quarterback. It's built for a quarterback not to lose them games. And I think in the next couple of years, they'll start building around hopefully Kenny Pickett. But until then, that's going to be their philosophy. All right. You want to. You want to talk? You want to talk fight? Before we talk fight, there's two mess, two messages in here, two comments in here about Devin Bush and Robert Spillane. I do want to bring both of them up. Um, Robert Spillane, I I don't know. Maybe it was my writing. I did mention this in my takeaways. Um, Robert Spillane was playing with. He was like the third man in the ones rotation, and. He played a pretty significant amount of snaps, but I don't think he outplayed anybody. I think it was just more of like those three are the guys and Marcus Allen and Buddy Johnson that I literally talked about yesterday. Like talk about being wrong, overreacting, you know, jumping the gun. Like I felt the second practice started, I was just like, wow, really missed the missed the ball on that one, huh? Um, Marcus Allen, Buddy Johnson still played with the second team, and then Robert Spillane was like the mix. But, I mean, Spillane had a pick on Mason. It was pretty nice. Like, no, you know, it was actually like a really nice interception. It's Robert Splane, you know, so that's like good for him. He also had a pick six against Lamar. A lot of people forget that too. He did have pick six against Lamar. Yelled at Joe Rudder because Joe Rudder thought it was the easiest interception of his life. Um, Shout out Joe Rudder. Um, But I wouldn't say that it's not over Devin Bush. It's still Devin Bush and Miles Jack. Those guys are the starter, and they're going to take a good chunk of snaps. Splane's just kind of operating as – He's also going to be in with pretty much all these ones. So there's no really need for anything else. Have we seen anything from Jannard Avery? No. No, we have not. He's on the field, which is good. That's like really good. You, you didn't see him at minicamp. You didn't see him at OTAs. It worried me a lot. He's out here. The defense looks very good compared to the offense, I would say. You got guys like George Pickens and Calvin Austin making splash plays from time to time. Gunner had a really nice catch today. Overall, the defense looks much better. I mean, you guys, you got guys like undrafted rookies, Chris Steele and Carlton, Carlin something. He's a slot guy. Excuse me. I can never remember his name. Who've been picking off guys like Kenny Pickett. You know, those are up and coming guys that you want to see make plays. You feel really good about that. Avery, I I think we'll see enough of Avery. He's running with the twos behind TJ and Alex, so that's a good sign. Him and Tuzar Skipper are usually that guy. So he's got to work his way into the rotation, but I'll have more of an update. I'll try to keep an eye on that as it goes on. Uh, Buddy Johnson and David Ro- or Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson hasn't really done much. Buddy Johnson has been playing with Mark Allen at the twos. Um, both of them, I think they both look good and comfortable together. I plan on talking to Mark Allen tomorrow morning and then hopefully – Buddy Johnson tomorrow as well and getting their take on playing together and how they feel and, you know, comfortability and that whole nine. So I think both of them, that's a work in progress. Mark Robinson's a dude. I think he's, I think he's got a shot to make special teams, but I want to see more out of him, No doubt. And then one more before we talk fight here, DeMarvin Leal, DeMarvin Leal looked really good yesterday. He was in the backfield all the time. Uh, Died off a little bit today, but at the same time, everybody kind of died off today on the defensive line, except for Doug Costin. Doug Costin had a good day. The undrafted are the 
uh, USFL defensive yeah. tackle that Recently signed a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he he had about four or five run stuffs. He looked pretty good. I talked to him after practice, and he said that, you know, he's just trying to take everything that he's learned up until this point and show that he's still NFL capable. I think that, you know, that's something to feel good about. It's early, and you got to put pads on before we can really judge the defensive mm-hmm. line. But Doug Costin, he had definitely had an impressive mm-hmm. day. The offensive line we're going to get into in a minute, and Presley Harvin. I mean, Presley Harvin's going to win the job. I don't think there's really a competition. He looks better. I talked to Harvin, minicamp, OTAs, something like that, and he told me. He said last year sucked, and I don't think anybody realized how much mentally he was actually going through, and that's so hard. I mean, it's so hard to do a normal person job let alone an NFL job when you're going through all of that stuff this year. I don't expect, you know, hopefully pray that he doesn't have to go through all that stuff again. And I expect him to be just fine. And I think the Steelers do as well. Um, How do the number one inside linebackers look? Devin Bush had an interception today. Looks really good. I haven't really been paying too much attention to miles. Jack. That's my apologies. I'll start to, but Devin looked good today. I think overall the inside linebackers do look pretty good and they're, they're putting up trouble for, for the offense. I'm going to say it again. The defense definitely looks like the clear cut winner through two days. That's good to hear. That's definitely good news to hear. All right. I'm out here sweating. You want to know who else was sweating? Mason Cole, when he had eight dudes on him trying to fight the whole freaking defensive line, first camp fight of the year. I loved it. No doubt about it. Um, do you want to just take you through it? Should we just take you please. through? Like, like play like, by the play, here? please. So, you know, normal, typical play. I think it was uh, I think it was a bounce out by Anthony McFarland, I believe, maybe Najee Harris, and didn't go anywhere. It was shut down in the backfield. All of a sudden, there's this scrum on the sideline, the left sideline, right in front of all the defense. And it's just a scrum of yellow jerseys, like, a bunch of yellow jerseys, and then it breaks up slowly. Marcus Allen had somebody in a headlock, which is so Marcus Allen. That dude is such a savage, and he's yelling. Everybody's yelling, and, you know, you get up slowly. At the bottom of this pile pop up two white jerseys, John LeGlue and Mason Cole fighting the entire, entire defensive line. I'm not talking one or two. No. Five, six dudes. I'm pretty sure TJ Watt was like standing off to the side, getting ready, like, you know, just in case he had to get in there. Just going ham. It lasted like a minute and a half, which, you know, is typical camp fight. But let me tell you, I wasn't very high on Mason Cole in that addition, but I'm about anybody who's going to take on Cam Hayward, Chris Wormley, Alex sure. Highsmith. Monty Adams and everybody else all at the same time, like no cares whatsoever day two of camp. And you're not like a rookie. Like, so my first thought was like, Oh, it's camp. You know, these things happen and they will happen. And veterans definitely get into fights, but usually it's like Cam Hayward fighting Dan Moore jr. Because Cam's just messing with them the whole time. And Dan gets, you know, gets a little fed up and he, you know, takes a, takes a hit or something. This is a veteran. This is a seven year vet who was like, we are 48 hours into camp. I live with all these guys. I have to see them in an hour and a half at dinner. I do not care. 
I'm fighting every single one of them. To me, in my eyes, that's a dog. And I'm all dog. about that life. A dog. <laughs> all about that life. I am all about that life. It was, uh, it was a great way to break in camp. No doubt about it. LeGlue stuck with his teammate. Love that one. That was awesome. Um, has Connor Hayward done anything noticeable in camp? Yes and no. I don't think. <laughs> Bro, I heard that. <laughs> Do you hear that? I don't know what's happening behind me. This is what happens. I'm loving this. I'm telling you. I'm going to drive up to St. Vincent College for every podcast we do for the rest of time. How did Connor Hayward look? Um, I mean, he looks fine. He's running with the three, so he's getting a lot of Kenny Pickett action. He did have a nice catch from Pickett today up the sideline. Besides that, you know, hasn't really done much. Working, you know, pretty far down the depth chart. I think that's how it's going to roll from here on out. It was nice to see him at minicamp and OTAs, but his – Reps are going to die down as the team prepares for the regular season. They're not, the Steelers aren't going to keep like Chris Oladokun is a perfect example. He hasn't gotten a rep in two days. And that's because at this point, the Steelers already understand he's not in the quarterback competition. That's how it's going to be for a lot of these guys. I think Cam Hayward's or Connor Hayward's going to be in the same kind of bubble there of just, he's probably got a place on the roster. So he doesn't really have to prove it. He's just got to not lose it and he'll get minimal snaps to do so. So I think that's how we have to look at at that one. Um, how's the route running? I think the route running looks good. George Pickens, dude, George Pickens is so smooth. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. But Gunner is a great route runner. I saw a little bit more of him today than that, that I liked. Uh, didn't do a whole ton, but a little bit. Pickens... Pickens is just that dude, man. Pickens is just, I can't stress it enough. Pickens is just by far that dude. And he's like the nicest human ever. So I'm all about him. I'm all about him. Said he's going to start pranking people. I think I told you that yesterday. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard any pranks yet, but I'm sure we'll get there. I'm feeling good about it. I'm, I'm, I'd say two days through camp, mm-hmm. I feel real good about the Pittsburgh Steelers. If I'm out here, I would say I'm a little nervous about the quarterback competition, but it's way too early to start jumping guns on that and saying this sure. and that and this. I'm just saying it was good. And uh, and the fight, you know? Got to love the fight. Got to love the fight. I hope there's more fights. Um, any thoughts you have? Any questions you, you've been thinking about? I don't know. I no, dude, I, I think from, like, an outsider's perspective, you know, for somebody who doesn't have, like, feet, eyes, and ears on the ground on the trobe, uh, some of my takeaways so far floating. have been – um george pickens is turning heads left and right with everything he does which is phenomenal to hear um i I think for him to be a third receiver on this roster behind deontay johnson behind chase claypool uh, will be really really valuable for whatever quarterback ends up starting probably mitch like we've talked about um but i think chris carter kind of hit the nail on the head yesterday um, Mason's probably a lot closer than people think, at least in, in the very, very early beginnings of his quarterback battle. I did just due to his veteran, I, I don't even want to call it savvy, just his experience, I guess, in the NFL whenever compared to Kenny Pickett, but plenty of time for that to change still a couple weeks out until Steelers play the first preseason game. I do, I, I, I am trying my best to hold off on every possible ounce of judgment until I see these guys play against like other competition than yellow jerseys. Yeah. And dude, that, that's just so hard to do, especially whenever you like look at these like training camp highlights and reports and articles on all Steelers.com every single day by you. Like it, it's tough. 
yeah, we're, we're out here, you know, doing everything we can, grinding 12, 12 hour days. I haven't gotten home before 930 in two days. All right. I'm running off of like six hours of sleep in the last 48 hours. It's, but it's like a great time. You know what I mean? It's like a great adrenaline rush. I'm out here every day strolling. Like Josh said, buy a new car have? recently. Oh, <laughs> ungodly <laughs> amounts of coffee. Just insane amounts of coffee. We've upgraded. When we were in Indy for the for the combine, I was like, all right, like this dude's like caffeinated TF out. <laughs> but then, dude, I, I can't even imagine what like Latrobe Noah is looking like. Yeah, so there's a cold brew machine here. So this is my coffee routine usually is I wake up in the morning. Um, I go to the gyms pretty early in the morning. So I come home from the gym, I slam a water, take a shower, have a cup of coffee, work. Uh, by this time, I uh, I'm it's probably about seven o'clock. So have some coffee, start working, leave the house at nine to come here, stop at Dunkin' Donuts, get a large iced coffee, drink that on the drive here. Uh, do the morning interviews, then we go to lunch. At lunch, I have a cold brew. Then I get a cold brew for the walk down, and then I have another cold brew at dinner. Bro, they're going to put you in a lab for a case study by the time training camp's over. Dude, it's this is nothing. Like, my fiance is so much worse than I am when it comes to drinking coffee. Yeah, but, but she's it's a just... teacher, bro. She has to be, like, ready to go <laughs> to teach some kids. Yeah, you're very right. You're very right about that. I don't know. We're, we're working through it. You know, like, I'm drinking water. Lots and lots. I bought a, I bought a water bottle. It's in my trunk, actually, which we're the laptops on um that like tells me like you have to drink this much water by this time this much water sure. and i've been okay. following it you know that way like i don't get like kidney stones or whatever i don't know we'll see we'll see um a couple more questions here in the chat uh daniels am i i'm missing something with daniels i don't remember daniels is not clicking drop daniels first name in the james chat. daniels maybe Who's James Daniels? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, who's James Daniels? Do you know James Daniels? All right. Anyways, I'm going to talk about Larry Ogunjobi. Dude, you're making me like question myself right now. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi hasn't practiced yet. Very slow. I the guard it's just signed James Daniels. Oh, James, yeah, you're dead on. Bro, on that you one. had me thinking that was dumb for a minute. Bro. Again, I'm gonna go back to the whole uh I've only slept six hours in the last 48 hours because I'm here just doing everything I can for for the people and for myself and you know for you. <laughs> James Daniels looks good. The offensive line is very hard to judge at this point until you put pads on and you could actually start running the ball. And seeing how far you could push a defensive lineback, it's very hard to say that an offensive lineman is playing well or not well. I will say this, uh, opposite of him, Kendrick Green played the first team all day today over Kevin Dotson. I think that is something you really want to watch because yesterday they swapped back and forth. We'll see what happens there. Mike Tomlin said that the offensive line depth chart can change. And if that's the change, I'm very interested to see what will happen. Um, but Ogunjobi's still very slow progress. I think they're going to continue that for the next week at least as he heals from that foot surgery. But uh, I do have all eyes on Larry Ogunjobi, and I will have more eyes on James Daniels once we start put, once the Steelers start putting pads on, that kind of stuff. Um, how bad is Minka's injury? I talked to Minka today. He seemed fine. 
he works during practice a lot with tennis balls. So I would imagine that it's not like a serious injury. It's more of just no need to be practicing and hitting guys right now when your wrist is hurting, because at that point you're just risking more injury, further injury for a guy that doesn't have to play a snap for the next two months and will walk into week one and be totally fine. So I wouldn't be too, too worried about Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, Anthony Miller had a touchdown today. Anthony Miller has been looking good. I talked to Miller yesterday one-on-one, and he told me, you know, like, I I just got to prove to people that I am the Anthony Miller that was a second-round pick. And I think that he's capable of that. He's got everything that you want in a wide receiver. He just, for some reason, hasn't clicked in the NFL. We'll see. Anthony Miller is still going to fight for that sixth spot. I think that the lack of special teams for him makes that difficult, like we've talked about before. But, I mean, you know, he could. He could pull it off. I would say that that last spot right now, if I had to pick an order, is as crazy as this sounds, Cody White, Miles Boykin, Anthony Miller. But I would say Anthony Miller's still in there, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, Matt Canada's play calling, and will it be different down the stretch? I'll tell you this. This is this is the formation I saw today. Very much so liked it. Very much so liked the play. It was Anthony, Anthony McFarlane lined up as a halfback off the line. Jalen Warren in the backfield. And it was a hand, a quick handoff as McFarlane came across and a fake handoff to Warren. And before anybody even realized what was going on, defense included, McFarlane's 15 yards down the field trying to make a play. So, I, you know, I really, really like that. I might get pooped on by a bird. Yeah, I I loved that play call. I will say there's a lot of motion that doesn't make any sense to me. There was actually a play today that if they ran that during the play, it would be a penalty because I believe it was two guys in motion at one time. I don't I don't remember what it was, but I remember everybody pointing it out. We're gonna see a lot of different things, but I do like that things are actually changing changing up. Uh, Miller trying out as as a punt returner, yes. He's definitely dead last on that list, but yes. I will say George Pickens looks really good as a punt returner, but you're not going to put George Pickens as a punt returner. Calvin Austin looks very good as a punt returner. It's still Gunner's job to lose. You don't come in here as a first-team All-Pro and say, oh, I'm going to lose the punt returning job, but they're going to try out everybody. I would say Calvin Austin has the best opportunity to actually beat him out, but if that's the case, Gunner's got to prove that he's a wide receiver and if he doesn't prove he's a wide receiver and he's not the punt returner, there's no point in keeping him on the roster. So that would open up a, another spot. Um, am I missing things here? Which backup running back looks the best? Um, is the, none of them? Is none of them an answer? I will say <laughs> yes. that Jalen Warren looked okay today. He did. He looked he looked pretty decent today. Uh, he's a guy that you could keep an eye on. Anthony McFarland has splashes from time to time. I think if they get creative in the right ways, McFarland is a dude who I keep telling has the skill set to make things happen in a, in a good offense. I just, well, you know, 
That's just a wait and see game. I'm not going to jump it. Uh, Jeremy Nichols, McNichols is here. He's not doing really anything yet. Uh, had a nice pass pickup today, I believe. I believe it was today. It might have been yesterday. Really nice pass pickup, actually. I would say when it comes to pass blocking, obviously Benny Snell Jr. is the best, but Mateo Durant and Jeremy McNichols. McNichols is a guy that I heard cannot pass block. Came in here. Both of them have impressed me with their ability to stem willingness to step up and take on blockers to protect a quarterback. That's, you know, and that's a thing. Like you, as a running back, it's so overlooked your ability to pass block. If you cannot pass block and you have a bad offensive line, you're over. Like you might as well not even go out there. So I, I do like both of theirs. Uh, was Deontay Johnson on the field participating? He was off to the side. And working with Minka Fitzpatrick again, I'll tell you this, Deontay Johnson has worked very hard and it's a Holden and, you know, you could say whatever you want about the Holden. I think I have different opinions than most people because I think Deontay should be holding in if he believes he's going to get a contract. He was the last person on the field today by an hour, a good hour. Like everyone was gone. It was an hour and 45 minutes after practice and he was still out there and he's working hard. Like he's running sprints. He's doing routes. Like he's doing everything except for getting hit. And I think that's fine. Like, it's not like there's pads on and you're out here running into blockers. It, you know, it to do what he's doing, I think is perfectly okay. And I think he's doing enough to feel good about him heading into the season plus he took a picture with a fan and you know it was a it was a fan with a disability and you know the little kid was super eager to like run up to him and just be like oh yo like but it was in the middle of practice you know like and he like ran onto the field and like grabbed him and Deontay was all smiles turned around took a picture with them like I thought that was awesome I think Deontay is just such a good dude and you know I love it I love it. Um, Tyson Aluwalu has not practiced. He's got swelling in his knee from something that happened years ago, um, but it was just from training that it swelled up. He should be back. He's been doing conditioning, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. Are you worried at all? Deontay Johnson won't get a contract. Seems like there's no need to worry. Uh, I would say that as of yesterday, I was much more optimistic that Deontay Johnson would get a contract than – won't get a contract. And I think we talked about that because why are you holding in? Like the Steelers wouldn't be okay with you just saying, oh, I'm not practicing. If there wasn't some sort of reason for, for that to be okay. I would say that maybe something does happen and, you know, maybe he does, maybe he is negotiating down. Maybe he's saying, yeah, you know what? Like you guys can pay me 18 and a half million dollars and I'll feel pretty okay mm -hmm. about that number. There's a B right in front of me. So don't say I never did anything for you guys. I got stung too, right in the leg. Look at that one. Um, I believe, I believe Matt Canada usually operates in the booth. Uh, training camp, he's on the sideline. Getting that work in. I believe that. Here's one. I'll toss this one to you. Do you guys, do you guys want the Steelers to pay Johnson? Uh, I think the the kind of vague question is define pay, right? Because like he's gonna, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I feel like 
he's going to get like 20, right? Like no, no matter if, if it's from like the Steelers or like another team next year in free agency, uh, if they do decide to let him walk, I feel like he's going to get like around 20. Is he going to get like DK yeah. Metcalf money today, which I think it averaged out to like 24. Dude, it was like 24. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean like Terry, Terry McLaurin, um, Cooper cup, DK Metcalf, Metcalf, excuse me. All of those guys got between like 23 to like $26 million a year. Um, Deontay's not quite on that level. So it, it's yeah. just a matter of like, if are the Steelers going to be able to get him below those guys who he's obviously not, or is Deontay's camp going to be able to kind of continue to inflation of the market? Say, Hey man, like he's your top receiver. If you want to pay your top receiver, here's the going rate. And I, I think that's kind of just like the, the back and forth that's going on right now. And it's the reason why Deontay's doing a quote unquote hold in. I agree. I think that there is some back and forth. I think there's good positive talks when it comes to the, nego- the negotiations, which is good. I mean, Deontay's not a guy that you should be looking at and saying, nope, we're done. You know, you're not worth this money. Like, you should have those conversations with Deontay. Even if you have a dead set price and you're not going to go past it, you should have those conversations with Deontay because he's a great wide receiver. Like, he's a very, very good wide receiver with a ton of upside. Like, he's nowhere near peaked in his NFL career. And I think that's the thing is Deontay's a dude that you could turn into a wide receiver for one for the next 10 years and are not 10 years, but like six years, five, six years. And you'd, you'd feel really good about that. Like there's a lot of teams around the NFL that would love to have a Deontay Johnson that don't have a Deontay Johnson. I'm going to stick with what I've said. I think he deserves a contract. I would love to see him get paid in Pittsburgh. I think he is deserving with his play. I think that if he doesn't drop a ball in Kansas City, nobody cares at all. And people have taken that and ran with it so hard that it's just so overblown. It's ridiculous. Like, it's if you watch Deontay Johnson as a whole, his year two to year three jump was insane was insane you have to expect year three to year four to be even bigger and then year four to year five to be even bigger i mean in my eyes that's worth 18 to 20 million dollars a year easy easy am i going 22 no but i'd go 18 and a half to 20 and i'd feel pretty okay with that and that's what he's worth you know he's easily easily worth that and on top of that, like everybody talks about, oh, you're super comfortable with your wide receivers. Why would you not want to have four great wide receivers? Why? Mm-hmm. It's not like you're like running out of room for George Pickens and Calvin Austin. You could run four wide receivers. The Steelers do it all the time. That could work. Like it could work very well. And Deontay's contract doesn't interfere with George Pickens or Calvin Austin's at all. It will interfere with Chase Claypool's. But until proven otherwise, Chase Claypool is not worth the second contract. And that's just that's just what it is. I think I just answered this one from Eddie Spaghetti. Do you have if you had to pick between Johnson and Claypool? Who would you want? Uh, oh, Deontay, Deontay Johnson sure. by yeah. a mile, by a mile. He, he's just such a technically I'm, I'm sound. I'm really receiver. hoping Chase Claypool can turn it around and prove so many people wrong, including myself. But until we see Chase Claypool like fulfill the potential that he has, I'll take DJ ten times out of ten. Easy. Easy. Like, without without a question. Um, that's just 
You know, like you're building an offense. You want guys. And like you could bring this full circle. Like Ben talked about selfish players. Who do you really think he was talking about? Because I know he was talking about Chase Claypool. Like that was the dude, first I don't player. think he was talking about anybody. Dude, I, oh, I, I think, dude, I think so many people took that quote and comment out of proportions. Like, I, I don't but he came I think back he was, on it today. I think he was talking about just like football players in general, not anybody on like the Steelers. No, no. You didn't hear. Did you hear the comments from today? He came back. Well, he well, came I, back I, I heard, and said, I heard Cam Hayward say, hey, you probably didn't mean it like that, but just so you know, here's what it is. And then I, I saw Ben double down and was like, hey, like, I, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean anybody in the Steelers, just in general. Like, it, here's like just NIL, all this BS, all the good stuff. No, Ben said, not everybody on the Steelers is selfish, is a me Dude, first I player. That. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and my first thought was Chase Claypool. <laughs> it's like this guy, obviously, you know, Chase Claypool. <laughs> like that was my first thought, and you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was the first thing I thought about. Now, you know, do I believe that he he could have a huge year and mature and that all that? Yeah, definitely. And I think he's already shown steps to that, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm still picking Deontay Johnson over anybody else. All right. My laptop is on 3%. So I apologize, everybody, but we do have to cut this episode a little uh, 45 minutes short, I guess. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find the All Steelers Talk audio collection anywhere that you get your podcasts. I believe me and Derek will be back tomorrow night again from Latrobe. If not, I will keep you guys updated on our YouTube page and on Twitter of when we will be going live next. Shoot all your questions and comments to mine and Donnie's Twitter. We'll be glad to answer them. Until then, enjoy your night. Peace. (laughs) 